Yep. It's, uh, that's racing. Yeah. <laughs> on to the, on to the next round. I just, I don't think they're going to be writing home about these races. I think there's going to be things left on the table that they're, you know, just like, God damn it. But the scenery you know, was good. Walked though. Around two wheels. Yes, it's true. They were right by the ocean. I don't know if you knew that or not. Everyone had fun. Episode 136, Tank Slap Podcast. We got a rewind show, baby. Ventura or Ventura. I think it's Ventura. Ah, What is it, man? Eric, is it Ventura or Ventura? Ventura. Ace Ventura, pet detective. All right. We got the Ace Ventura Raceway Rewind, which is <laughs> honestly one of my favorite movies from the 90s. I've, I got hype when you just brought that reference up. But yeah, we're going to we're gonna do the rewind, man. It's going to be a good one. We got a lot of good shit to talk about. Yeah, let's see if we can't get uh, get it in under 45 minutes. We Every time we do these, we always say, hey, it's going to be 45 minutes. And then, you know, it goes off to a <laughs> fucking four hour long podcast. So everybody out there, get your coffee ready. Yeah, we try and keep it around an hour. I got so much to do. I had a big mini cup weekend at Carolina Motorsports Park. It was my first one. I think it was good. I think it was successful. If you ask the riders, maybe they'll say otherwise, but generally everybody was happy. So <laughs> great weekend. I'm just super tired. I, I got the races done and I immediately went and watched watched the racing. So Amber and Cruz were exhausted from a long weekend. They went to sleep in the hotel and I sat in my pickup truck and Watch the uh, action from Ventura. So got a lot to talk about on that, on that whole event. It was interesting for sure. A lot of, a lot of good talking points. Want to shout out mission foods, title sponsor of tank slab and podcast, shoot them a message. Just thank them for everything they're doing in the industry for the podcast. They keep this going. If it wasn't for their support and some of our other sponsors, this wouldn't be possible. Go buy some products. If you can't find them at your local grocery store, get them online, whatever it takes, support mission foods for supporting the industry. Um, I want to give a shout out to Eric before we get into it. We have some races. I, I do them usually at the end, but I want to shout out these races that are coming up. We have the Mile High Showdown, August 19th, day after my birthday, IMI Motorsports Complex in Erie, Colorado, $1,500 currently. It's probably going to go up, pro hooligan purse. Apparently, Dave Kilkenny is the Jared Meese of that of that venue and that track. Yes. So yes. he's uh yeah, he's been he's been digging and snatching the purse for I think three years running. So if you can check out that race, check them out on Instagram at mile underscore high underscore showdown and put that race on your calendar. And also I'm gonna plug my own event, which is gonna be a doozy. We are putting a lot of effort into this race. It's going to be a lot different than Winter Throwdown, but hope hopefully equally as awesome. Uh, Hagerstown, Maryland, our Flat Track Hagerstown event. We're bringing back Flat Track Motorcycles to Hagerstown Speedway. It's presented by Mission Foods, August 25th, 26th. For more information, follow Corey Text Promotions on Instagram and Facebook. And that's the beauty of having your own podcast. You can plug your own shit. So that's, uh, that's the beauty of it, Eric. We're going to move on. Talk about Ventura, dude. What do you got? Let's talk yeah, yeah. track first. Yeah, no, I... Um... It was uh, okay. So if my my takes are always from uh, a fan standpoint, and I enjoyed the multiple uh, iterations of the track that was brought out. Um, at times it was groove, at times it was cushion. Um, you had, I mean, that dash for cash. We'll get to that later. But I thought it was a very uh, action packed event. Um, short track cushion. I mean, oh, that was just 
you know, so cool to have, um, you know, obviously some things you got to work through, um, trying, you know, new venue, figuring out the dirt, they trucked in some DG, um, but all things considered, yeah, it's, uh, another great event that AFT has done. Um, I mean, I don't know if you knew this or not, but that racetrack was right next to the ocean. I don't know if you knew that or not. Was it scenic? It was right there. It was pretty, ce- it was pretty scenic it, as well, right? Yeah, it was super scenic. Um, maybe we can have, uh, some shots of, uh, some, some drone footage or something to show. That'd be cool. Really cool to get that, to get that info out there that those drone shots, I'm sure they were probably, if we, if we saw any, they probably would have been really cool. So we'll have to go back and check the footage and see if we got any of those. But to be fair, I did tweet probably before I, I think I only saw eh, maybe seven or eight at that point, (laughs) uh, drone shots. That it was pretty sick. Like leading up to it, everybody it was, it was. on the ocean, chilling on race day. They're, they're like hanging out on the beach. That's that's a Cali vibe. That's Chad Coase's vibe right there. Just on yeah. the beach, quick over race. He was probably going back and forth from the beach to the track in between practice sessions. Just it was a really <laughs> and, scenic scenic track. I'll, I'll say that. It's it, it's funny how yeah, much no, they emphasized it, it, but yeah, yeah, it was definitely a fire emoji for sure. But no, I got to say that, um, you know, I always put the hooligans like in the back of the, the pit area, but it actually worked out there. I saw some shots and they were right up against the fence and guys and gals were just being able to turn around and like look at the ocean and see it like that's I was like, all right, that's sweet. They put us in the back, but we benefited from it. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the track itself, honestly, there were a lot of unknowns going into it and a lot of people have they've uh, they've been to this racetrack, right? So it's been around for a while. It's they've had a bunch of local races. I don't know about a bunch, but these riders have been there. Like the Kale Colkmans, he's from Ventura, and Travis Petten, James Ott. A lot of these riders have been and raced at this track. So for them, riders, I think personally, being at a racetrack a lot it can hurt you almost as much as it, as it can help you because you can mentally prepare for what you think the track's going to be. And then with dirt, any kind of dirt, you just can't, you can't rely on what you feel like it's going to be because things can totally change. Right. So we saw it in 2019 with Paris raceway. Paris is a really well-known track for riders going out and testing prior to the season. A lot of people used yeah. Paris to test. And when we were there on race day, it was they apparently I I've never tested there, but it was way different than what they're usually and accustomed to. And the riders just, they weren't mentally prepared for it to be different. And it was kind of the same thing with Ventura. So that's the vibe and news that I got. Obviously I work with James out on the first impressions racing team, and they totally were waiting for the track to kind of go to the bottom. Typically I, from what I've heard, you ride the bottom, ride the bottom, it comes in, it grooves up, it gets slick, and you just can't come off of that bottom. And every time I saw the racetrack, it changed so much. It was hard to keep up with to, to tell the guys, you know, I have Chad and James and Trent, they're hitting me up constantly and Shayna, and I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like the track changes every single time out. Initially it was a cushion. It looked really fun at first practice. It fucked up all your shit for sure it was definitely dirty and you know whatever clean your keep your stuff clean but it was it just changed so much man over the course of the day yeah it's unfortunate um i you know 
when they took that, when they moved the fan or the the pit, you know, the open paddock and whatnot, uh, to the end of the program, did a little track prep. I thought that was like the golden hour of the track. And, um, you know, it, it's dirt, but, you know, I, I do have to say this, that, um, you know, you kept hearing all day, like, oh, I can't wait for the ocean, uh, you know, moisture to come up. And I'm like, you put down crushed rock. Do you really think moisture is going to come up and do anything to crush rock? I don't know. Maybe I'm not a geologist, but I just, my brain couldn't wrap around. You say you're not a gynecologist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Geologist. Uh, I'm with you, man. I, uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think the track was bad. Like I'm going to be fair. Like I've seen some comments where people were hammering the track and that's just the nature of the flat track fans. I don't think it was that bad. I think it was definitely, definitely technical. I'll say, and it wasn't dangerous. Like guys weren't falling because of the track. The only time guy riders were falling, I'll say is they were losing the front end going into going into the corner when the track developed that bottom groove. You saw a lot of riders kind of, Tucking the front, losing the front. JD had a really good save where he tucked the front, <laughs> did a full, you know, Simone Biles. Bio, is that her name? Simone Biles, a gymnastic split, yep. saved it, kept her going. I think Tyler Raggio, he, I think he fell. He tucked the front. Maybe it wasn't Tyler if it wasn't. Sorry, brother. But somebody, one of the singles riders went down. They tucked the front and carnage ensued. But uh, yeah, I mean, the only thing that I personally like a personal preference with that track, I've never raced there, but watching it, it was real circular. Uh, I don't love mm-hmm. tracks that where you're constantly turning. I think it takes away some technical skill of turning the bike when you're just constantly stepped out, turning, yada, yada. So generally from all the riders, they just couldn't get a grip on the track. It was very, very challenging. We'll talk about the the main events and everything and how the track developed, honestly, throughout the whole podcast um we'll talk about that i want to before i let you go eric i want to give another shout out to bell power sports check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products it, we say it we say it all the time if you start tank slapping you won't be protected by bell um yeah well any other follow-ups on the track and then we'll kind of get into these singles and twins results no i i i will say that there was a few times leading up throughout the day that it really felt uh, you could see the separation between guys and gals that have cushion experience. They really had that uh, rear wheel in the dirt, in the darker dirt. They had that front wheel tucking in on the lighter stuff to really help that slide. And, you know, as it became less of a cushion, uh, it kind of balanced out. So, um, yeah, I think overall it's dirt. It's not going to be perfect, but a uh, great job to uh the ventura folks and aft so yeah let's get into the results well just a follow-up quick you you did hear uh, i heard it on the podium cody was kind of venting a little bit about in practice and qualifying i guess when they would water it it would be really slippery and they kept watering it before the first couple groups so maybe it wasn't a track where you could water it too much the dirt kept getting pushed up higher and higher higher and higher And when you water a track that doesn't have anything to absorb the water or soak it in, it just like makes it really greasy and slick. So I think, I think the only thing they could have done better, and I didn't watch all the footage of them prepping the track. And of course I wasn't there, but I think like Jared Meese does a really good job at Lima with bringing the dirt back down onto the racing line. It's something that should be done on a lot more cushion tracks where you bring that dirt back down and it didn't look like they were bringing it back down well enough where it was just sitting really far up. 
And yeah, we'll talk about the singles main a little bit, but the way the track was shaped and as much as the cushion gets pushed up in the corners and the track's constantly turning, it makes it almost unusable unless you're chaser Cody. We'll talk about, about that, but it makes <laughs> it almost unusable to kind of use that cushion because you're constantly turning. It's not paperclip where you can bump the top cush and get a run down the straightaway. You go up and bump the cush and then the next corner is pointed completely diagonal from where you're at. It it makes it really, really technical and challenging to to ride how Chase and Cody were doing in the main event. But let's talk uh let's talk singles results, Eric. Let's talk uh qualifying races and what you saw from from that aspect. Yeah, um I not entirely uh surprised at how folks were qualifying. Um I knew that Travis and Tyler, you know, both being California guys, were going to go well. Chase is a pretty good cushion guy. Um, so I think, what was it like after the first qualifying session, those guys were um, the top three. Um, uh, but yeah, so I wasn't overly surprised, but then I'm just looking here. Yes. Yeah, so you flip over to the second qualifying, then you had your cream of the crop, Chase, Cody, Max, Drain. Um, but, you know, Pedden still up there. So, and then James Ott popped up there. So there's a lot of one cushion two, uh, familiar with that track. So, uh, no big surprises for me. Yeah. And I think, I think what you see in the first session qualifying was well, Cody was talking about a little bit on the podium. I think maybe the second, third, third groups got a little bit better track. I mean, it was a little bit unorthodox to see some of the guys in the top, I'll say in the top 11, top 12, um, some riders that yeah. snuck up in there in that session, but that's the nature of flat track. We used to see it a lot of Springfield mile where mm -hmm. the track would get darker and darker groove and qualifying and the riders in the fourth session, like a decent rider who maybe hasn't raced all year, he'd go up and qualify in the top three. So, um, yeah, that's just how it works. Sometimes you see it at Springfield short track, you see it on tracks yeah. where prep really affects times. It, with these qualifying results but honestly going into it i knew chase would be really good he rides tracks like this really well he spends a lot of time at pensacola which is a really it's not similar kind of ish ish it's not mm -hmm. it, you ride it you ride it hard you ride it aggressive it's loose um and i knew he'd be good i knew cody would be good as well he's obviously good on these type of racetracks and I think this was like a statement win for Cody. He really needed to, yeah. not that he was losing control of the championship, but he was giving guys hope. Uh, and I'm not that these riders have lost hope, but what I've noticed in championship battles myself is the sooner you can, the more guys you can deflate earlier on in the season, the less you have to worry about throughout the year. Uh, obviously when you start the season, everybody has, has zero points. Everybody's tied in the points. And, you know, there's a dozen guys that are hopeful of winning a championship. Well, um, the number's probably unrealistic, but you see guys talk about winning championships when everybody's zero, zero, right? So the mm -hmm. sooner you can deflate riders, the better. And I think this was a really, a really big statement win for Cody. Um, I'm just going to jump right into these main event, main event results. Um, yeah, I think this was a big one for Cody, Eric. I really do. Yep, I agree. But if we move down to second place, it was also a big one for Chase because you look at where he just jumped up after the last two rounds with two second places. He's not out of the picture, and you got um, those Honda bikes coming up for miles. So um, I think as much as it was a statement for Cody, 
um, to get that points gap. It was also a you know statement for Chase, like, holy shit, I belong. Let's go. So I'm, you know, I make no secret that uh, Cody and Chase are two, you know, two good friends and 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 um, fans of the racing. Um, so it's it's going to be a great uh, stretch here on those miles. Yeah, and and like I said, Chase rides aggressive. Like he's an aggressive yep. rider. All these young kids are real hungry and determined. And you kind of saw it, uh, excuse me, a little bit in the dash for cash. Things got a little Western. And <laughs> I don't know if anybody was mad at each other. It looked like no, it looked yeah. like Drain went over to say something to Chase, and Chase was not really having much of the conversation. So I don't know. I'm sure they're all fine. Like the thing about Cody Chase and Tom Drain, like they were all rivals, kind of coming mm-hmm. up through the ranks, same age, battled on two fifties. And, you know, I, I don't, I think they're all cool. Like, I don't think there's any issues, yeah. but they definitely want to beat each other. And, and then, you know, they mentioned it, all, mentioned it on the broadcast, but for Chase seeing Trent win his first, you know, being kind of the center of the attention on the team, you know, I'm sure Chase went into this race really wanting to win. And when it, when it was that, that close in sight, a young kid who's never won, he's, he's dangerous in, in respect of like, he wants to win, not dangerous yep. on the track, but he's oh, for dangerous sure. to the guys who, you know, he's going to go for it. He wants to win his first race. And it was an awesome, awesome race between Cody and chase. They were dicing it up. It was clean and what they were doing. It's underrated how hard it was to ride the line. They were riding. They were basically going into one and going into the corners low. Um, yeah. And I thought the track was just going to be a bottom feed track at that point because of how far pushed up the cushion was. But mm-hmm. what they were doing was, I, I don't, I haven't seen it much. I mean, usually yeah, you, you go in high and bump the cushion, come off the bottom. They were going in low across the skittery stuff, basically blowing the corner and just, they were just finding grip. Wherever the grip was, yep. they were doing whatever it took to find a grip. And the line choices was like the opposite of what you'd want. Like you'd see in super camp, like high, low, they were literally, yeah, just that's what I said. It was like the cushion was the reverse Danny super camp line. Um, and I was actually texting some of my friends. And I was like, they're doing the opposite. So I was like, I guess the geometry is the same where you're making the straightaway long, but you're just doing it opposite. So yeah, it was really cool to see them. Um, and, but that's why they're pros and, um, it was really cool to see that. And to go back about their battling, um, Cody and Chase are raised by great parents and they have good heads on their shoulders. So I think it's uh, going to be fun. I think they trust each other. And, you know, I always make the joke with my son. All right, you get five minutes after the race, right? You can be mad, you can be happy, whatever. But after five minutes, let's go. So, I, you know, I think it's going to just fall into that. Like, all right, like we were talking about with uh uh drain and and chase i you know it's heat of the moment but boom once it's done i think they're all good so it's going to be a fun season yeah and i want to give a shout out to the well i'm looking here at michler in third and he's starting to come around you know i think i think he takes a little bit longer to get going sometimes get comfortable um he he's a thinker he thinks a lot he you know he's he's one of those riders that needs to be comfortable and i want to give a shout out to the american honda team and bigelow and mike and um, cool Beth. The, honestly, those bikes did not look great at Sonoya. I didn't think, I thought they mm-hmm. looked like they were really struggling. They kind of sort of didn't look amazing at Daytona as good as, as well as I thought they would have done. But these last two races, uh, aside from, you know, the riders did their job, but I thought the bikes looked way better and they're visibly mm-hmm. different. Um, they're visibly not the same. You can see certain aspects of, you know, I'm not going to call them out, but the bikes are different and 
it's it's really it's hard for teams to make adjustments like that. It's it's underrated, like have the confidence to make adjustments. And immediately it benefited all three riders. So shout out to to the Turner team for doing that. Um Mitchell on the podium in third. Max Whale and Trevor, they were they weren't non-factors, but they weren't kind of it was kind of a quiet fourth and quiet fifth for Trevor. Um yeah, and then along with Trent as well. Trent really struggled throughout the day and he was sort of mixing it up there with with Max and Trevor and and right behind Morgan early for a podium and he he faded off a little bit, but yeah, all those guys, you know, Max, Trevor, Trent, kind of just quiet, solid results. Then not bad, but damage control. You don't get super stoked about the fourth, fifth, and sixth if you're those guys, but it's also a lot better than you know, ten obviously farther down. So it, solid results for those three. Yeah, I mean, um, was it uh, Trevor was the only other rider up? apart from Cody and Chase, that was at a 15.5. So, yeah, it's a a quiet uh, fourth through sixth, if you will. So, um, but yeah, no, points are points. It's a long season. Yeah. Uh, So going into, we got Tom Drain, who, yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know, seventh is a good result. I thought maybe the way the track was when we first got there, well, they first started with a cushion. I thought thought maybe he could have been a factor for a podium, possibly a win, but the way the track slicked off and, I mean, it's a challenging track and we don't talk about it enough. I, I was listening to it on a Gypsy Tales podcast and Supercross, but it's the rider stature in flat track and moto. It's starting to change a little bit. You know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, a lot of the riders were smaller. You wanted to be small. You wanted to be lightweight. And the way you ride the bikes now and the way they're set up and how much power these bikes have, I don't think it's bad to have weight and leverage. And Tom's a smaller guy. The track was really slick. And I think this was a pretty solid result considering the way the track ended up in the main event. And, you know, his first year, he's still learning and et cetera, et cetera. I don't think it was a bad result. I think they're probably not not super bummed about the result. Uh, seventh is nope. is decent getting out of there and one piece he had a little i think he did it, no he didn't tumble he saved it that was a good save tom i, I know they listen to yeah. the pod but that was a good save when uh when chase and him got tangled he uh he saved that sucker man that was some some good shit there that was a good save so it's, uh, it's what's well, good that uh you were able to uh bring in bring up uh gypsy tales and not segue into jujitsu so <laughs> jiu-jitsu, yeah i like i like jace that podcast yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's funny i'm sure there's things that we say a lot that people were you know oh, oh, yeah. drink, a, drink a beer every time c-tex says <laughs> this but uh yeah <laughs> uh going into cole frederickson dude that was a good result yeah. i was watching the i think it was the heat race or something i'm like who the hell is that i was like <laughs> couldn't tell who it was because he hasn't been with it you know he doesn't do the whole schedule but Cole's a good rider and you know, he's, he's doing select races, but it's cool to see him up there. Well, he picked up, up uh, picked up that new ride with uh, Jacob Lehman's old bikes and vanilla cycles. So I don't know if that is going to result in doing every round, but yeah, you could see he was on a new bike feeling frisky and it was good to see for sure. Yeah. I like Cole. He's a, he's a nice guy and he puts in a lot of effort he's a really yep. good underrated rider who's been on the podium in this class multiple times. So he's definitely a factor 
Justin Jones, this is actually a track I'm looking at his name in ninth. It's right up his alley. It's, you know, it's a rough and tumble slick short track ninth. Honestly, it wouldn't have surprised me to see guys like him and Luker a little bit higher up on the podium, but it's just hard to get up there anymore. Like these top guys, they're good everywhere. It's not like, you know, if you're a TT specialist, short track specialist, it doesn't really matter anymore because the top guys, they're good everywhere. So ninth is still a solid result. Uh, he's doing a lot of this on his own. He's, you know, look, going traveling the races in his van. And I think ninth is a solid result for Justin. And then going into 10th, we have Dalton, man. I was, I, I thought he would be really, really good on this racetrack. Just like I said, it's, it's, it's similar in shape kind of ish to PDT. Um, you ride it hard, you ride it aggressive. And for whatever reason, you just have bad days and he just couldn't find his, you know, find his flow on this racetrack. And he ended up 10th. It's not horrific, but it's just, I'm sure he's bummed no. about it. Yep. No, I, uh, and I was reading Robbie Bobby's post about how they just couldn't find the package or some, something along the lines. And, um, you know, respectfully, Robbie Bobby said, you know, that's on me. I, you know, um, so uh, they have a good chemistry. They work well together. It's a long season. A top 10 is a top 10 in the 450 singles class. Like that is awesome. Um, but they've got their sights set on a, um, you know, championship. So, um, you know, long season. So don't hang your head. Yeah, for sure. And like I've mentioned on this podcast, a couple of wins changes everything in this championship. It's just so hard because Cody yeah. – Cody is so consistent. He's so poised and you don't see him looking too far ahead. He stays in the moment. You don't really hear him talking about points. You don't, you see championship poise in Cody and it's just going to be really hard for, for anybody to, to match him over the course of a season. But Dalton's got the talent to do it. And I, he's going to, he's going to rebound and be strong at these other races. And if you're bummed out about a 10th place finish, I mean, that just shows how, how well you typically do. Like he's obviously accustomed to winning, winning yep. these races. So he'll be better moving forward. Absolutely. We got Waterboy, Aiden, Ruse Evans, and 11th. He's good on these tracks too. You know, it wouldn't have surprised me to see him in the top 10, but he'll take 11th. Luker though, man, I thought Luker would have been a little bit better. His home track. Uh, it's just, you know, I'm not hammering Andrew, but I just, I know how good he is on these kind of racetracks. And yeah, I thought yeah. I thought he would have been a little better, but even him and going in the James Otten thirteenth, maybe the change in track, maybe it hurt them more than mm -hmm. helped them because they were so accustomed to probably figure, you know, oh, it's going to do this, let's just stay the status quo, and it yeah. just didn't do what they thought it was going to do. Yep, absolutely. And shout out to Andrew's mustache. So that thing is. I've, did you see that in the writer introduction? Yeah, it's it's. Should it's definitely improving every race. So whatever he's got going there, <laughs> keep the, uh, keep her going. I'm going to shout out his, his, uh, wife, man. She was fast on the, yeah. on the BTR God. bikes. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but I, man, I didn't, yep. um, I, I knew she raced, but I've never, I, I don't know if I've ever seen her ride or whatever, but she's pretty quick, man. I was cause Morgan Monroe <laughs> is no joke. Morgan is a good rider. Sure. She's been a good rider for yep. a very long time. And, and man, she, she beat her. And that's just like, not that it's, it wasn't expected, but I, I didn't know she was that much of a ripper and she, she looked great yep. all day. So shout out to, to her. She carried the flag for the, the Luker fam yeah. for sure. Uh, I want to 
Shout out Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing. They've been with our podcast for a long time. They do so much for the sport. They're, they offer contingency at some of these amateur flat track events. They do a lot of support for the Essence and Racing team and G&G Racing. And yeah, they're just really great people in the industry. Check out their website, yamahamotorsports.com. Motorcycle ATV, <laughs> motorcycle ATV side-by-side, snowmobile and power products. Let's move on. Your boy, dude. Your boy is in 14th. He took a provisional. Yes. He 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 was happy with getting in on the provision and getting a 14th. Got some decent points. <laughs> yeah, the jet. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I when I saw that he used his provisional, he got in there. I was like, hell yeah, let's go, Jared. So it, you know, he's young, he's getting experience. He'll get there. The rider intros, he was really excited, just <laughs> over overly excited to have have to have yeah, to have to had to use his provisional. He was like just super cheerful and just really good vibes yeah. for uh for Jared Lowe. If for I had sure. to take my provisional, I would have been pissy faced on the introductions. <laughs> and Jared was just full of I'm in Cali by the beach, let's go. I don't know, he's just really excited, but yeah, he picked yep. off a few guys, and I would say he didn't waste it by any means. He got a few points Absolutely. out of it. Yep. Uh, Travis Patton, I'm a little disappointed in, man. I He looked really good in practice and qualifiers. He's been really good in practice and qualifying at a lot of these tracks. And I don't know Travis. I you know I, I've been really impressed with his his qualifying efforts. Uh, if he can turn a fraction of that into the racing, improve his racecraft, dude, he's good. Like he's a good rider. So yeah. disappointing. Uh, this I'm disappointed in you, Travis, because I know you can do better. Um, you're a great rider, and just translate those qualifying results. You know, maybe he had an issue. Like I, it's not fair for me to assume, but uh, yeah, he. I'm sure he's bummed too. You know, he's. Yep. To fast qualify is is it's hard. Like these riders are good, and yeah. he is right in the mix. He's proved he has the speed to to hang. Yep, I think he got what his best finish last year was his seventh. So I mean, it's not like you know he's just some scrub. Like no, he's fast, and this is a very tough class. So to even to fast qualify, I was like, God damn! When I saw that, that was awesome. It's good to see. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest. I last year I would always mix up him. And Terrence Antero and uh, Grant, Grant Holmes, like they're all from California. They're all like similar height. They, I don't know if they, if they probably don't look the same people listening. They're like, dude, they don't look anything alike, but I'd always, I'd always mix them up. But now that I watch the broadcast, I, I got yeah. them all sorted. So it's uh it's cool to see new faces up there in the mix and, and getting to uh, some interview coverage. He had a, a little bit of an interview on social media with American flat track and, I thought he did awesome. really well with that. And that was cool to see. So it's cool to, for these kids to get some, some TV time, because honestly, they all suck at social media. They need to do better. Most of them suck. Um, we need them to do better. So the fans can recognize them and see their personalities a little bit. Um, Chad coast bummed in my boy, Chad. I'm just gonna be honest. I thought he would be better on this track. And he just openly just said it was me all day. He just struggled. He couldn't find speed. He couldn't get going. Um, him and James were in the LCQ which was terrifying for me as a, as a manager of that deal. I, I was hoping they both got in, they did that, but they just couldn't move forward. And, and Chad was 16th, uh, Cole Zabala always lethal on these kind of tracks just because he's aggressive and he just, uh, the way he rides, you know, he's, he's dicey on these tracks and he managed a 17th. He's struggling a little bit on those, on those bikes. It's a really good team. They put a lot of effort in, but you know, he, he's in these main events, but I'm sure he wants to finish a lot farther up. He's a good rider. He proved that he's been on the podium oh, yeah. in the singles class. He's been on the podium in production twins. 
so I'm sure we'll see more of Cole. Uh, and then let's go to Logan Eisenhart and Tan Santero to wrap up the wrap up the main event, uh, Eric. Yeah, I think it says that they were a lap down. I think they had some issues. Looks like they pulled off. No. Uh, Santero, I, I don't know about Santero, but Logan definitely didn't pull off because I watched the end of the broadcast and I'm I'm going to shout him out a little bit. Sorry, buddy. He's 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 a local boy near me, but man, he was he almost like changed the outcome of the race. Just oh yeah, they were coming yeah. around the lap, and dude, it's I've been I've been a lapper. It's it's not it's I'm not hammering him for for that. Everyone's been lapped at some point. But he was just, I thought, a little too racy for being a lapper. I mean, they yep. they went around him and he buried it back in the corner and almost like <laughs> ran up the inside of him again. And he didn't look back. He didn't really give any shits about that blue flag. So, uh, no, yeah, you gotta. I'm hard on people that do that. That's a pet peeve of mine. If you're gonna be lapped, man, just try to try to be courteous. Like you don't want to be that guy. And I'm honestly, I was over courteous where it was. You know, I got warnings for being over courteous, which I thought was a little silly, but you just don't want to be the guy that that's in the way of the race. And he just like, he didn't care at all. I was like really surprising. He's a really good rider, not hammering you buddy on, on your riding or your results. You've really impressed me this year. You're leading the rookie of the year points. Um, you've been consistently one of the only rookies to be in these main events. You're going to keep going far, but you got to tighten up on that stuff. That's just, um, yeah it's sort of a respect thing to your peers and uh, yeah, it is what it is. It's not a big deal. He's going to learn from it, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, really good, really good singles main dude. It, they over, they probably should have had the singles second because going into the twins, it just kind of, we'll talk about it, but it's, you know, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't what the, what the singles were. Um, anything for you on the singles? We'll move to the twins. No, any I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. We uh, we covered all the uh, the hot takes, the Monday morning hot takes. The only thing I think's funny, and I I've I don't know. I again, I'm probably gonna get shit for hammering these kids, but I, I love the kids, man. I'm like I'm a big fan of these kids. Like I try to go up and introduce and say hi. You need anything? But I'm also gonna hold them accountable because they're the future of our sport. You have and to, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I'm big fans of like people. Oh, you know, you you always you're hard on them. I'm like, yeah, I'm hard on them, but I, it's because I want I want them to to you know they're carrying the torch in the sport here and i expect more out of them yep. but it's just funny the uh the rider intros guys like the first thing well, all right I, what do you think what, what do you notice in the rider intros for the singles like what's the number one thing uh they're all nervous um <laughs> and they're awkward as shit so <laughs> well you can tell the guys and gals that are used to doing it but they all uh you know look at the camera and point or, to their helmet uh, and point to their helmet right it's yeah, it's so. <laughs> i think 12 out of the or maybe it was even more it's a nervous look up they point to the helmet they hold the helmet up point to it and walk away i mean it i yeah it's not a big deal but i just i want to see something different i mean i'm trying to trying to think of a good example of of guys that really kind of stand out in the rider intros and some people are you know you see jared or you see you know henry back in the day they don't give a shit about the rider intros they want to go race but I just think it's funny the the awkwardness. Like it's like guys, you you're on the camera so much now. Most of these riders just just be yourselves. You know, it's it's fine. I think Those everyone's personality. Well, they're so scared of of pissing off fans, or you know, they're so scared of showing their personality because the way our fan base is, like it's shit that I saw yesterday. <laughs> it's 
Everyone is so hard on the riders, like crying out loud, Jared, all he said was, you know, the track was, you know, single file hard to, and everyone's calling or they want to burn him at the stake for being a crybaby. And it's, it's, it's making these riders nervous to be themselves, whether it's rider intros or social media, everybody's so politically correct because they don't want to make anybody mad. It's like, fuck that dude, be yourself. The fans are either going to like you or they're not, but yeah. you know, we need personality. We need like, look at the Kyle Bushes, the, you know, the, the riders, Mark Marquez, like a lot of these riders have fans that love them or hate them. Sammy Halbert's a great example. He's always been himself and mm-hmm. don't worry so much about, about what they're, what the fans are thinking or doing or whatever, you know, these kids are, I hang out with a lot of them, train with a lot of them, and they're so different in interviews or than they are away from the, away from the camera. And I want, I want more of that because they have really good personalities and they're not showing them. Well, at the end of the day, like my message to the kids would be Corey is going to make fun of you no matter what. Okay. So just embrace it and be yourself. So (laughs) I don't know, like it, it, you know, that's just kind of where my thing is, is like, yeah, just be yourself. And if you gotta, if someone's mad at you, then you're making a difference. I don't know. Like there's people that fucking hate me and it's like, whatever, you know, just be yourself. Everybody loves me. So that's just, uh, that's the hot take. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) 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 Uh, It's fine though. I mean, it's like I said, it's, it's good. It's good for your, it's good for your brand. It's good for like marketing yourself. I mean, if not, then nobody knows who the hell you are. And that's, you know, you'd exactly. rather, rather piss people off than people not know you exist, especially as your job as a motorcycle racer. It's not to have people like you. Yeah. Um, it's to, yeah, be successful at, at what you're doing. So, but yep. moving on the singles, main, all the riders rode amazing. I'm, I'm so impressed with the talent level in the singles, yeah. class, the teams, the effort it's, it's, it's mind blowing and it's catching a lot of people's attention. So uh, hats off to everybody in the singles main, uh, me being, uh, tough on you guys or not. I'm thoroughly imp- impressed with every single one of the riders out there in that class. It's no joke. So moving on to the, the twins, Eric, what do you got for twins? Let's start off with like anything qualifying races. You said something in the dash for cash. What do you have, uh, prior to main event? Oh, yeah, it's, um, I'm going to beat the dead horse here. And it's just the one thing and my buddy Ben, um, we both noted it is just how fuck it. It's Monday morning quarterback, how unfun it's not fun to watch the, what the restrictions have done um, to these bikes and to have two bikes from the same team just be on another level the entire day like i just i don't know i just didn't really pay attention to the super twins um i i don't know that's my hot take it's just i'm glad that they're making the changes there needs to be an accountability for where in the hell they got all the data leading into making the restrictions and then all of a sudden throwing something else at the wall and seeing if it sticks a one millimeter for this type of track, that type of track. It's just like someone needs to be held accountable um, because it just makes the premier class not fun to watch, but there's my hot take. Yeah. It's not a bad hot take, dude. It's um, you know, I'm, I'm on the same page. I, I was mind blown when I got the bulletin about, the one millimeter thing 
I don't know if we've, if we've done a podcast since that. Have we? I think this is first. No, one. we haven't. No. Dude. I mean, we, so they did it for the miles. We haven't had a mile yet this year. Our last NTTs, mile was NTTs. So you can, they added one for the miles NTTs. Yeah. So okay. for whatever, I think it's short or half miles or something like that. I think it, yeah, it, you know, actually it might be half miles and miles that they do it and short tracks and TTs are the same. I'm just focused on the that. miles. Cause whatever. I know for sure they changed it for yes. the miles. We have not had a mile yes. since last September and we were a week and a half away. Most of the guys were getting ready to leave within a couple of days to head to the West coast and they give them yeah. a millimeter restrictor. So they give it back. So quote unquote, they're helping them. But dude, a, a couple, like two weeks before the first mile, now you're going to give them back a millimeter restrictor. I just don't understand. And well, and at Texas, they told them it was going to be a different number. So for like, there was some uh, soft, like, all right, we think it's going to be this. We think it's going to be this number. But then when the number comes out, it's not even what they told them. So yeah. I don't know. There's like, again, accountability. Don't just go hiding in your office in Daytona beach, like step up to the plate and say, I made this call. It was based on this data. Transparency is what equals success. Damn it. So I, yeah, I it's, know. it's just frustrating. I mean, I, I, I feel for the teams and I, I also in that same breath, like, yes, uh, it's, it's obvious, honestly, to me, the essence and bikes look amazing. They, they, the riders, they're great riders. Like I love watching Dallas yes. ride. I think he is the most poised young rider. Um, he's very poised. I use that word a lot with Dallas. He is very smart. He, mm -hmm. he doesn't override the bike. He makes really good line choices. He has excellent racecraft. JD is a generational talent. We're going to be, you know, I'm not going to yep. use the, the, I'm not going to put him in the same breath right now as Kenny Roberts. Kenny Roberts is a world champion, but JD is talent level is he, this, what he can do on a motorcycle. There's very few in the world that can do it. They're great riders, but it's on a track like that, a dry skittery, uh, uh, short track, you would think that the Indian motorcycle bikes with riders like Jared Meese and B Rob and Vanderkoy, they'd have more of an opportunity to battle at the front and they weren't really in the mix at all. I mean, D Dallas and JD, nope. I think they won both their heats by a sizable gap. I got to look at JD's. I'm trying to see no nah, JD's wasn't, it was closer. Vanderkoy and Briar were, they were within three tenths, six tenths, but in the, in the main event, I mean, they smoked everybody. Uh, yep. Dallas got away from JD, but they had 1.8 seconds over Meese, 3.9 seconds over Briar, Johnny Lou. You know, we'll talk about that. But yeah, I I don't like it. I don't like the word. I've said it before. Yeah. I don't like the word restrictor. I don't like traction control. Uh, I don't. I th I don't think TC has a place in flat track. I'm sure we can revisit that in 10 years because of technology, but. I just don't think we're there right now. I don't think it's needed. And yeah, I think they've tipped and, the scale and, the other way. I, I really do. And yeah, and it's not at any way me talking poorly about them as riders. It is more of the political side of the sport and, and how everything came out. JD and Dallas would win on any damn bike that they're on. So it's not about them. It's just more about how it unfolded which is where it's like i'm 
banging my head against a wall trying to think this is our premier class and we're chopping and changing with rules. Like, I mean, thanks for giving us content for the podcast, but come on. Yeah. And like I, the, the biggest mind blowing thing to me was doing it two weeks or even, I, I wasn't even two weeks. Yeah. I don't think prior to sack when they no. could have done something prior to the season, it's just, man, I, you just, I don't know. I, it was, yep. I was very, very shocked to, to see that. I thought it was a kick in the face because one millimeter, I mean, come on, it's, it might be two mile an hour, three mile an hour down the straightaway. So um, I just know Meese and, you know, he's, he's going to have a, he's, he's going to have a tough time. If he can't, if he can't capitalize or break those guys on tracks like Sonoya and that Ventura track, he might be one of the best riders ever on those type of racetracks on one of the best motorcycles on those type of racetracks. And he didn't get the job done. So we go to the miles, we go to these TTs, the rest of the schedule, you look at it, it's going to be very, very challenging for him to, to make this happen or make it a series. Um, But with that being said, I do want to give props to Dallas. Like I said, phenomenal rider. He is so damn good. He is so poised. He's a thinker. (laughs) He has the talent to match the racecraft, which is really unheard of. And yeah, he did his job. I mean, he's going out there riding the motorcycle. He's given his best lap 15, three, JD beach was second. We talked about JD. I thought JD looked good too. I thought he had a, a shot. Mm-hmm. He, he actually reeled Dallas in for a little bit there in the main Dallas got back away. He did a 15, five, uh, and then Meese Meese on the podium. We've talked about these three riders quite a bit and we'll move to Briar. Eric Briar was fourth. I thought that was a really good result with the way the track ended up. I think if it stayed a cushion, it was really cool to see a new rider kind of take the, yeah. the pole award. Um, Briar's a big pole guy. He loves pole. So <laughs> going into the races, I expected if the track stayed the same, I think he would have been a factor. He's just, his talent is unmatched. He's so good at riding motorcycles, but with the new bike and the way the track kind of, kind of like got dry and slick, it's not, it's, you know, yeah. I just don't think they had the package to, to kind of hang, but he worked his yeah. way up to fourth. I thought that was impressive. I think uh, I, the when after that restart when he just said fuck it and just sent it around the top trying to get something to go he had nothing to lose i think that showed his skill level but it also highlighted just how bleh the the track ended up being because that was a line that should have worked it's a cushion it was built as a cushion track and it was a it was unfortunate that he came screaming around the top end but then just lost all momentum so it was a bummer for sure but no it's it's really good to see him up there that bike's going to be a force yeah, I mean, Briar lives and dies by the sword a little bit when it comes to the high line and taking chances. And a lot of times you've seen in years, it pays off. I mean, you know, going back to the mm-hmm. red mile yeah. where he buries it around the outside of guys or Minnesota mile wide open, runs out of fuel and stuff that you saw, <laughs> like what you saw at Ventura with him taking that gamble and burying it around the outside. It it was like a very Briarish move, and um, like I said, it, he it lives awesome, and di- yeah. he lives and dies by this. Well, that's why he's so entertaining to watch because he won't, he doesn't. Yeah. He'd rather get seventh and try something, be entertaining, than than roll around on the bottom and get fourth. <laughs> he has no patience for that, and sometimes it drives me crazy. Where I'm like, Briar, just just go low, go low, like be boring, and he just refuses to do it. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that was cool. And yeah. dude, he, he actually looked really good at the end of the race. So uh, I'm, I'm sure for the first time in a couple of years, he's actually excited for these miles coming up too. I mean, he's got a, 
Mm-hmm. He's got a really fast bike this year and he's going to be a problem on the miles where people aren't used to. So, uh, so Briar in fourth and then Johnny Lewis in fifth, I was, I will say I was very excited to see Johnny Lewis in the dash because a four lap race, five grand to the winner, the rider like JL 10, I knew there would be some excitement. He kind of let yeah. me down the dash. I thought he would been, he would have been more of a mix. Like I wish he did whole shot that dash just because things would have been very, yeah. very interesting, but yeah. And then it's same thing. Like I've mentioned with Johnny, uh, he's, I've known Johnny probably longer than anybody out there. He's a phenomenal rider. I'm a Johnny Lewis fan when it comes to his talent level. He just, he just, for whatever reason, he seems to fall off at the end of these races where he just, he can't match pace. And then he just sort of goes into defense mode and he bottles up everybody behind him. Um, (laughs) you know, and it's just one of them things where he's really good at doing that. It's one of those things where the fans and maybe the riders aren't, aren't they don't like it but he he finishes way better than his speed is at the end of the race because he knows how to do that it's just like an annoying Mm -hmm. thing but he does it very well um when he doesn't have speed he's a good enough rider where he can plug up 10 of the best riders in the country (laughs) for lap after lap and and it was actually good that halbert was behind him at the end because he's already has multiple warnings he they got into it at Daytona. If there was no warnings at all, Sammy would have he would have done better in this main event. I think Sammy rode very cautious because of the warnings and and having Johnny in front of him. Sam, yeah, Sammy gonna let un, unleash Sammy. Damn it, take all the warnings out. Let Sammy short track. I'm just, <laughs> no, yeah. it was it was good. Yeah. What are He's, your thoughts on on those two? Yeah, uh, I I saw Daytona in person. Um, as a fan, it's very, very annoying. I'm assuming as a writer behind it, it's also very, very annoying, but you put yourself in his shoes. I think you're going to do the exact same thing where you ride defensively and, and hold up traffic. Um, but on the flip side, if you know, you get taken out, you can't really get too mad about it. It's like, Oh yeah, I had that coming to me. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I just thought going back to Daytona, I thought that was ironic that Johnny and Sammy were mad at each other because they both like ride really aggressive. And it was just, I thought that was funny, but yeah, I'm not knocking, knocking JL 10, but I I thought, uh, yeah, he plugged up the, plugged up the race. And then unfortunately Jared got into him trying to pass. He had to back off and then B-Rob slammed into to Jared and it ended up, you know, kind of indirectly causing Brandon to crash, which is man, that, that kid's, kid it's like it's not a kid but he's he's having a tough go this year and we'll talk about we'll go down the results and talk about that but Halbert, yeah i mean it wouldn't have surprised me to see sammy do better i i think i think the harley it, it's really kind of tough i think somebody mentioned it or maybe he did that it's hard to get off the line with these more peppier fuel injected parallel twins and and what have you it's harder to get off the off the starting line because his starts were absolute shit and Honestly, Sammy's yeah. Sammy hasn't been known to be a great starter over the course of his career, but you know, it's, I think if he could have got out front or got in the mix early, he would have been a lot better. I think it's underrated how much speed he had. And, and I also want to keep the XR people in check. Like, Oh, it's still competitive. Relax. It was a dry cushion, like a dry skittery short track with a rider who is one of the best on those type of tracks 
it, no one's bringing out XR, bringing back out their XRs because of this finish. Uh, but no, it was cool to see it back out there. Dodge bros, Tony Dodge, that bike's beautiful. They, they run a really cool program and it was cool to see them back out there and then go to Brombo. Brombo is like a big LCQ guy this year. He's, he reminds me of in 2016, I won like seven LCQs and Bronson, maybe he's doing it for more track time. It's a new, that's why we're going to go with that. He's trying to get more track time. Yeah, so he, yeah. he goes slower in the heat races so he can be on the, on the track and the LCQs. Cause basically everybody in the LCQ makes it. So, um, so yeah, that's a smart, <laughs> that's a smart game plan by Brombo. Just not doing well in the heats, getting more track time and coverage in the LCQs. And then he worked okay. his way up to seventh. Uh, I thought that was a good yeah. result. And then Colby Carlisle in eighth, Eric. Yeah. I, you know, all things, and I, I was texting you this, uh, yesterday It's good. It looks to, looks to me at least that Colby is, is starting to get comfortable on this bike. He's starting to figure it out. You're in, this is a couple weeks in a row where he's been more of a factor. He's been up front. He's looking racy. Um, so it's a long season first year on the bike. It, it's good. I'm glad to see Colby starting to figure out your bike and ultimately just be better on it than you ever were. <laughs> so it's really good to see. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, aside from what people think, when he was like second in the qualifier, I, I, I was pumped. Like, I, I want, I want success for my team. Yeah, and I thought that was really cool to see to see him in the mix. And he's got speed. I mean, I've raced Colby for a while. He's not slow. Mm -hmm. And watching him, you know, we don't chat too much. If he has any questions, I, I obviously I'm willing to help out and just give input on on the bike because I've ridden it for three years and. There's a couple small things I've noticed that he does a little bit different on the bike than I did. He's obviously a taller rider, um, but he's getting help and support from Paul Ott with setup who helped me set my bikes up. He's one of the best, best setup guys I've ever worked with. So yeah, he's getting better, but I mean, dude, motorcycle racing's hard. I mean, these guys are fast, so you got to have all your shit together to, to finish well at these main events. I mean, you see riders show flashes of speed throughout the day and qualifying, but it's a total, total different, different, almost different sport in these main events than it is in qualifying. Um, but yeah, he was, he was good. He was in the mix. And honestly, the bike would, I, I, when he went into second place, when I was, when I was watching and I saw the track, it was one of the only times this year where I was like, man, I miss riding that bike. Like it was, it looked like it was working really good. And yeah, it made me just, I was a little jealous of, of, uh, watching him on the bike on that track. It looked like a lot of fun early on in the, or, yeah, earlier on in the day. I mean, it track kind of didn't look super fun at the end, but, uh, Davis Fisher in ninth quietly, he's been having a really good year, but he was a little off all day. I think he was in the LCQ, which was kind of surprising. Um, yeah, he just kind of struggled a little bit. So, uh, and then we go to Vanderkoy, who also obviously had some issues. He was the one that kind of ran into to Johnny. Things got dicey. Um, yeah, not on um, both of those riders. I'm sure are bummed with their with their finishes, Eric. Yep, it's uh, that's racing. Yep, <laughs> on to the on to the next round. I just I don't think they're going to be writing home about these races. I think there's going to be things left on the table that they're, you know, just like, God damn it. But the scenery you know, was good. Walked two wheels. Yes, it's true. They were right by the ocean. I don't know if you knew that or not. Everyone had fun right for sure. Um, 
with those, well, we have two Indian motorcycles right there. And then a, a third one afterward, it's a good time for me to plug Indian motorcycle on the pod. They've been really good supporters of what we've been doing for a long time. Gary Gray is an active listener. I, I love chatting Gary. He's got a lot of passion for the sport. He's doing so much still to help out flat track with the riders and parts and, and things like that. They support our podcast and they're just, it's a really cool brand of motorcycle, a really cool brand. I just, I wish they were more involved still, but yeah, I can see, see a little bit of the frustration, but they're still involved and still doing so much for the industry. So if you can go check out at, at any of their line of motorcycles, my buddy Ryan just got a, a new Indian motorcycle uh, scout and it's so nice. I, I, uh, I want to, I, I need one, Gary. I've been, I've been on you for probably two years. I just throw me a bike, but yeah, shout out to Indy motorcycle. Uh, Ben Lau is 11. Uh, Ben is, I'm a big Ben Lau, Ben, ben Lau, Ben Lau fan. Uh, 11th Kale Colkman, dude. I'm bummed in kale. I was ah, like, yeah, I, know. I thought I tweeted before the day started. It was my first like race day tweet. I'm like, all right, with Kale Colkman. He is very good here. He's got a lot of experience. He lives in Ventura. How far up is he going to finish? A top five is very possible. And uh, he qualified first in the practice, and he qualified first in Q2. And I was looking good, man. I was I was looking good for a top five from Kale. And again, motorcycle racing is hard. It's a hard sport. There's fast riders, and you it just is. yeah, just I don't know, struggled with the track, whatever, but. Again, we'll go back to the uh, track was different and the locals really yep. struggled in the main event. So they did. They sure did. Wellsy. Uh, Wellsy. Yeah. Ugh. I I was going to, I don't know, like short track with that bike. And, you know, he has a lot of cushion experience. So I was, I was hoping uh, to see Ryan do a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, that's ah, racing. It's racing. Yeah. Cisco, he was pretty dicey. I, I think like he gets up in the mix. He's got some speed. He's, he's racing way more experienced riders, but Casey's not a bad rider. I mean, he's, he rides that thing. Well, he's a good short tracker. Uh, he was in 14th, Michael Hill, the missile in 15th. I think I read he was, um, he felt really good on the bike, but 15th again, motorcycle racing is hard. Yeah. <laughs> there's, good, there's good riders. Shelby Miller, in 16th, my boy Shelby, I asked him how the track was. Um, he sent me a response. I didn't read all of it. It was kind of long, but uh, shout out to Shelby. He's an active listener. Uh, we love Shelby. He's a, he's a good guy. I do love Shelby. We yeah. love Shelby, but 16th for Shelbs. Uh, B-Rob, he's had a tough go, man. I I feel for my guy. <sighs> yeah, I feel for, for no. Brandon. Uh, didn't have an overwhelming amount of speed all day, but he was in the mix. Like he, you know, he's a really good yeah, rider and he, yeah. he always figures it out when the time comes and yeah, just got plugged up there in that, cra uh, with Johnny and Jared. And, you know, I think he just high sided off Jared's rear wheel and it was actually low key, kind of a hard crash. So, um, yeah, hope, snapped hope. the back end. What was that? This, the whole, uh, was that the subframe or just the seat that popped off? I don't know. At that point, I was pretty, pretty tuned in. I was, you know, just big killing it at the hotel watching the race. So I was, a lot, uh, everything was getting kind of foggy at the end of this race for me. But, uh, but B Rob, <laughs> I'm bummed, man. I'm bummed for B Rob, but he's got to heal up. He's got to get through sack and, and then heal up. And, and, uh, I mean, he's got bumps and bruises, nothing major, just annoying little injuries he's been fighting through all year. But, yeah, he's he's coming around. Nick Armstrong, I love Nick, dude. He's a really cool guy. We got to 
we pitted together a lot last year and he was having a really good year. And yeah, I like Nick, he builds phenomenal looking motorcycles and it was yeah. cool to see him back out there. Um, he's not doing all the races this year, but he was out there in the main event. And then Brandon price, man, kind of quiet. I need to hit him up. Um, we need to talk some Pokemon and figure out what happened here with this, with this DNF, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what happened with the DNF, but yeah, I actually, I need to ask him too, how the Harley is. Cause I haven't really talked to him too much about racing since he's been on that Harley. So we'll get, we'll get price on the, you know, we should have had him call in. I didn't even think about that. We'll get, we'll, we'll get some call-ins. I don't have any call-ins on this pod. Good thing we didn't. Cause it's already, huh. it's already pretty long. I don't know who we'd call in. Dallas has <laughs> won. He's already called in. Dallas has been winning and Cody definitely don't want to talk to him. So, uh, yeah, twins main event, man. It was, it was good. Let's was, move on. Um, I know you're a, you're obviously a big hooligan guy. Let's move on to hooligan and then we'll touch upon DTR and lap times. <laughs> they got some lap times data. For oh us. yeah. We got, we, we got some, uh, we got some lap times for sure. We got no. So, I I didn't, I'm not no we'll we'll go in order god damn it you yeah <laughs> what hooligans or what no I was talking about lap times about how BTR you know, some of these yeah the, the BTR yeah. girls I honestly I would rather go into the BTR girls than the hooligans I you know I know I represent the hooligans but I thought the BTR girls put on the best show they yeah. they rode awesome so but no we can we'll we'll go in order we'll go hooligans I just brought up the BTR shit. All right, we're going hooligans. Uh, okay. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't watch anything hooligan related over the course of the day until the main event. Um, yeah. I don't know half these fucking riders, so I recognize some of them. Tyler Clark. I used to race with Tyler. He's a good guy. He's a good rider. Yeah. I mean, he was 20 years ago when we raced together. Um, Still is. Yeah. He was uh, really like a. He was fast all day. I watched the times, and he was kind of the guy to beat mm -hmm. all day. And it was cool to see him get a win, man. I, I've always liked Tyler. He's a he's from like some weird state, Montana. I think it's some state and up there somewhere, <laughs> random place in the country where <laughs> probably don't have any flat track. But yeah, shout out to Tyler, man. He was super grateful on the podium. It's cool to see with the BTR ladies and the hooligan riders. It's cool to see how how much they take in being on the podium at an a AFT, um, AFT. I almost said ATF AFT race. That's underrated, and it was cool to see his excitement level. Uh, so good, good going, brother Tyler, getting the win. Tony Alves, I I know that name. I don't I don't know if I've ever met Tony or you know I know he's a really good rider out out west. He he does really well in the mm -hmm. hooligan hooligan races. Didn't he get in a scuffle with uh Was he in a scuffle a while back with another? Uh, yeah, when Roland Sands was still doing flat track, uh, it was Tony and Jordan Baber's. I think dad or grandpa. So uh, like not, Tony yeah. has, he has a bad habit of jumping the starts. And, um, I mean, he did the, this, yes, or the Saturday and, uh, he got called out for it and they got all fisticuffs and it, yeah, but. Oh, really? I didn't know. Yeah. 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 yeah oh, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's cool. He's got some fight in him. I like that. I can respect a little, <laughs> some passion. I yeah. like it. Oh, he's got it. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. Sure. Shout out, man. No. Like and that. then, uh. So Sam, your boy, uh, Sam right? Cover, it's your boy. Yeah, yeah. We uh we battle up here in uh, Spokane. He's a good, good, good cushion rider. So all day he was making changes, getting ready for the cushion. And they had for their main, it was pretty cushiony. Um, so it's no shock to see Sam 
Because, I mean, at last fall, Sam got on the podium at the Moto Beach Classic. Um, and then again, he turns around here and gets back on the uh, the the podium for this. So Sam is uh, a phenomenal rider. So it, it's everybody out this way knew that Sam was going to go well. So it's good to see ah, for cool. sure. And the same, with, the same with Tyler. So Tyler's new to hooligan racing um, this year with the GNHC expanding to to a West division. That's why you see a lot of these, uh, former pros now getting it, but, um, yeah, so they're all coming out of the woodwork and it's, it's awesome. The speed is definitely picking up for sure out West. Yeah. And it's cool to see so many riders that I've never heard of in this race. Like, dude, I'm looking through, I mean, I'll give a shout out. Chris, Chris McDougal used to be a pro rider. I know that yep. name, uh, Stace Richmond. I met for the first time, maybe it was the first time. Sorry, Stace. Maybe I met you before, but I got to talk with him more at Sonoya and he was a pretty cool guy. He was my, he was my competition mm -hmm. in 30 plus. So I got to, uh, I got to <laughs> race with Stace and meet him at, at Sonoya, Adam Leslie. I've talked with him quite a bit. He's a really cool guy. Uh, Ken, I know him cause you always give him shit about shit. Um, so Ken <laughs> that, Wheaton, that's that the only reason Ken. I know him. Yep. So you've made him more famous than he probably would be otherwise uh and then austin helwig dude i used to race austin helwig back in my pro sport days um actually he was a pretty decent short track tt rider in a really stacked pro sport era i uh one year at the coin i actually ran into him trying to pass mm -hmm. him on the tt and he's a way bigger guy than i was and i was unsuccessful with the pass i i fell um but yeah it's cool to see <laughs> Dude, um, like Helwig and Tyler Clark, like people I used to race with, I haven't heard from in fucking years, and they're out here in the hooligan class. It's super cool. Yeah, Austin, um, it's actually kind of cool. His bike, uh, are you familiar with mule motorcycles? No, dude, I don't know yeah. shit about any of that stuff, really. Uh, so he's a, he's a motorcycle builder, and he built this phenomenal Sportster up for Austin and his team owner, Donnie Moore. Um, I know that the restarts blew that clutch out, and they got to get that all sorted, but it's a great bike. The sideburn just did a story on it. So once they get that all ah, cool. put back together, yeah, for sure. Shout out sideburn and uh Gary, dude. He's he's crushing yeah. it. I yeah, it's cool to have that as part of our part of our deal. I want to shout out before we keep going, Dunlop motorcycle tires, 19 inch, 17 inch flat track tires, off-road street. Cruzy, uh, my little guy got some podiums with his Dunlop tires this weekend at Mini Cup. Uh, they do a lot for the sport, a lot for the industry. Check out their website, Dunlop Motorcycle Tires.com. Uh, anything else on these hooligan guys? Uh, I saw a picture yes. where it was kind of a shit show. They were like lining up five wide and uh yes. yeah. So I gotta I, I gotta dig into that one. Um without being Monday morning quarterback, the you know, like my bike wasn't ready to go to the race. I, I helped Jeremy Geroiter with the West division. And, um, I think the, the package and the racing, you have nothing to complain about that, but I have to hold, uh, some of the riders accountable for not listening to the GNHC's race control and just trying to line up for a main, like say, Oh, fuck that. I can do what I want. No, you can't do that. This is not our show. This is AFT show. So if you're going to act like that, you're not ever coming back. And then on the same focus, trying to line up five wide again, it's not our race, right? Don't, don't break AFT's rules. Again, if you want to come back to these events, you're going to respect the rules and the race control folks that 
uh, work with GNHC because uh, maybe the other uh, fans and listeners of the show don't know this, but when we do the AFT races, we have people that are essentially, uh, you know, the race control and and making sure we get up to the line, making sure that we have, you know, we pass tech, um, you know, all that stuff. And when you have riders showing up doing this, it like the fans don't see that stuff, but the leadership of AFT can see that stuff and it, it's not what we want. So those that do that aren't, aren't coming back to this stuff. So that's my Monday morning slap on the wrist. They know who they are and uh, I hope they enjoyed their one time at an AFT race. Well, all right. Um, there you have it. Yeah. Got to do it. <laughs> Brutal. Hot take um, Monday. All right. Well, let's go to now. Yeah, it's cool that they were there. I thought maybe that was like not the ideal racetrack to have multiple support classes just because of prep but yeah what yep. are you gonna do it was uh it was yep. cool to i mean it gives it's the good fans racing. Yep. gives the fans more more action to to watch <laughs> so, i mean you weren't watching because you had said you were at other stuff doing but when they were doing the i think it was qualifying or practice they actually had to turn the track volume down because the uh, hooligans were so loud so i gotta give a shout out to the the harleys because they were all harleys on the track that time loud so that was really pipes funny that you, save lives yeah, dude yeah yeah you noticed it for sure i was like hell yeah hooligans yep loud pipes save lives uh yeah yeah i don't think i have anything else on the hooligan class man i I'm a hooligan fan. Yeah, I think the good. fans that, um, that listen to the podcast know that I'm a, I love the hooligan class. I mean, I wish we'd all go back to Costa Mesa and we just, you have to ride the bike to the track and all that fun shit. I was talking with uh, Robbie Madison this weekend, his, his uh, son Cruz uh, with Kay, he was racing mini cup and he's like, yeah, mate, I, I rode hooligan a little bit with his Aussie accent. He rode for Roland. I guess some events and, <laughs> and he, we're talking hooligan racing. I'm like, dude, I, I just, I miss, uh, Costa Mesa, dude. I was, I was venting the Robbie about, you know, that, that I don't think I'd have more fun anywhere than at Costa Mesa watching Harley night. <laughs> that looks like so much fun. I literally sit on YouTube and watch hours and hours did of you, these hillbilly bastards just going did out. Did you see there. they just had it last weekend? No, they did that. There's yeah. fresh content. Was- ah, yeah. Anything and like good? a lot of the, yeah. Um, they had they, at this year, they, they had to break it up into kind of the, what it's evolved into now, but like, it was, it, it was the run what you brung stuff mixed with like the heavy twins kind of like, let's take this shit serious now. And a lot of the riders that did well and made the vein, the main for, uh, this last, uh, weekend's race were there and shit. Yeah. Look that up, dude. It was, it was, they brought it back. Well, and it, was like a, the, it can't get too serious. There's so and many people there. Is it more serious now? Cause I like, I liked the, the choppers and the paper plate number plates. Well, yeah, and... they had those. All right. Yeah, they had those classes, but then, like I'm saying, they also had a class for so the technically, like myself, that try. So, so at Costa Mesa, <laughs> technically, what you're saying is you guys would be the super twins of Costa Mesa. Uh, it's yeah, a facto. Let's, okay, let's, let's go with that. If so okay. facto, I am Jared Mees. It's a Where's facto. I'm your boss. <laughs> <laughs> Well, technically, I don't work for you. I work for the bank. So uh, let's go into uh, BTR. Uh, I don't think we shouted them out enough on the last Rewind pod they were at, but 
We, we talked about Kenzie Luker. She rode great. Morgan Monroe and yeah. Zaria. Those three have a little bit more speed. Eh, not a little bit more. I'll say a lot of bit more speed than the others. Uh, they're really good riders. I mean, it's underrated. People like to give this, this class some shit, but man, like they're not bad riders and you have some no, lap time data yeah. to, to throw at us, man. So let's, let's see what you got. So if you are, if you look at the lap times, obviously now the main events for everybody dropped, right? If you go back to earlier in the day, you've got super twin riders with times that would not win the BTR. You have hooligan riders that would not win the BTR. And I just, I just feel like this, this past weekend was the, like the first time that the BTR girls were able to stomp their foot down and say, shut the fuck up. We're here to race. So like, I was just like sitting there, like pumping my fist, looking at these lap times and seeing the girls just fucking rip all day. So like, I was so stoked. And like I said, last week with Anna, like she did really well. And then again, she turns right around and gets a sixth place this weekend. And you know, that track, Okay, so like, and I was talking to some other friends, you know, for the Super Twins main event, they went from a high, wide, and handsome multi-line cushion track to, uh, um, you know, a single file groove track. That's a skill level that the support class riders don't have. We don't. We're not pros. We're there to have fun and promote our brand of racing. And even still, I say all of that because these top, four, five, six girls for BTR showed that they can overcome all those changes to the track and still put on a hell of a show. So like Kinsey all the way down to Mariah, like, I just want all of you guys to know that like, that was, that was the best race that I think that uh, Royal Enfield and BTR have put forward since they've been coming to American flat track. So I'm just sitting back here, giving them the, a huge round of applause. So I hope they all left knowing that they put on a great show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at the, uh, heat race they did. Kenzie was a 16, four Morgan Monroe, 16, six. Uh, there's definitely some parody as you go down the list with lap times, but yeah. just talking to these top three going to mm -hmm. the super twins heat race. Let's see. Heat race two. the rider, who finished last was a 16-8. So I'm going to heat one, uh, eh, 16-2. I mean, Kenzie was only two tenths off that rider. So, yeah, I mean, shout out to the girls, man. That's, that's good. And yeah. the Super Twins guys that are running times, you got to get, get it going a little bit, guys. That's uh, I thought I, I know, let's, yeah, Let me look at my... Uh... <laughs> get on the training program it's okay yeah 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 we yeah, can uh yeah people already think i'm a dick and i'm hard on people so i'm just gonna skip over this one and just be uh not that guy but no i mean it's we'll just it's what it is i don't know dude it's, yeah, no, it's commentators and other forms of motorsports like podcasts and stuff like that if you listen to pulp or any of those shows they're brutal and I don't think yeah. I'm that hard on people. I'm, I get, I try to give oh. some insight, but they're way, way harder on, on these. I mean, and it, I don't know. I really truly do have, and I think, you know, even I, when I was racing, I always showed so much. I mean, these riders are good. They are so mm -hmm. good. And I try to, 
try to stress that as much as I can in interviews. I'm like, dude, like, you know, Janish is good or Rispoli is really good. And yeah, it's, uh, but then also I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be open and give opinion on this stuff because we don't have enough of it. So yeah. Yeah, And and people think I'm, I'm being a dick or whatever, whatever. I don't care. I'll take it. It's fine. But stop listening to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fine, right. but, uh, <laughs> but I do. So that's, we did all that. The race was good. Shout out to AFT events. They Bob and them, them they do. They, they like sold out. They didn't have enough room for so all the cool. people that wanted to watch the race. And, and that's SoCal too, man. Like when we went to Paris, it was packed. So maybe that's something we look at. I hope at we go back. Yeah. I, my, one of my favorite wins I've ever, it's, it's a low key, one of my favorite wins. Cause people forget about, you know, that, that race really How much you've won. No, How I mean, just in the grand scheme of like some of the, <laughs> some of the more like battles that I've had or, you know, winning my last yeah, race yeah, or the yeah. first race, whatever, whatever that race meant a lot to me because it was in SoCal in front of so many people from the industry. Like every major yeah. manufacturer is in SoCal and winning that race and then walking in the bleachers. I remember I won and then I went out in the bleachers with everybody to watch the um the uh was it called Super Twins? I don't think so. It was called whatever else. Um I went out and watched and I just all the people like that I I respect in the industry, they were there and I just it felt cool, man. It was cool to win um in SoCal. So yeah, it's it's definitely you know, for Cody to win and have most of the KTM guys there, you know, it, it was just cool. It's yeah. really cool to be in SoCal and doesn't rain much. Uh, I guess a lot of the tracks are dry, but we need to be there. And I thought Bob and and those guys crushed it. And we have Sack coming up, Sack Mile this weekend. Uh, I'll drop the uh, Tank Slapping podcast discount code for, yeah, yeah. for Sacramento. We'll put it on the story. Feel free to use it. 10% off. I think it's 10% off the tickets. Let's get as many people up at Sacramento as possible. And or maybe... Sacramento is a Steve DiLorenzi race, so I don't know if I have a discount code for that. Let me check here. Eric, talk a little bit why I checked this out. I might be off a little bit on what I'm trying to do. Oh, <laughs> All right, I got to tell this story about, um, what is it, SDI Racing? I forget the name of the company that they they promote shows with. Insulation, yeah. SDI Insulation. Yeah. So everybody knows that Tor was the promoter of Castle Rock, and he's not coming up this year. But so now it's the folks that, you know, SDI installation that are doing it. And so I went to the one moto show uh, the other week and was meeting some um, some folks out there. And I, I got to say it was super ballsy that the uh, the SDI folks had a booth set up promoting the Castle Rock race at Tours one moto show. So I, I there's definitely some uh, irony in that one. But. That that was okay. my takeaway. Like, oh, hey. Well, I I did drop the ball on that. I I, I know this too. Uh, Steve DiLorenzi, SDI Insulation, he puts his neck out on the line every year for Sack Mile. Sometimes the fans show up, and sometimes more need to show up. And he is the promoter of that race. So the next code I have, okay. I have a discount code for for the fans for courtesy of Tank Slap and Podcast and AFT Events is the Red Mile, which I will be at the Red Mile. I'm stoked to get back. Yep, yep. I, I miss being at the races with with my people and uh, helping yeah. out helping out the guys and, and the riders. And yeah, so Red Mile, we'll, as we get closer, we will drop the Red Mile tickets. Okay. Eh, we might just drop it this week so you can get tickets ahead of time. But go out to Sacramento, support that event. 
Uh, hopefully it tracks a little bit better. It was how awesome. Last year. Well, but yeah. How we, awesome is it that AFT is moving it forward? So it's not 300 degrees and you're trying to water a mile track. So I can only assume uh, again, hearkening back to the fact that I'm not a geologist or gynecologist, that this track is going to be so badass that it's not going to be super hot. They're going to have you know, a lot of moisture down and it's going to be a proper mile. Um, I'm super excited for it. Yeah. And I'll just say like last year when they had that production challenge thing in the super twins, we had no, yeah. I had no interest in that. I think it was visible by, yeah. by how many times I'd pull off and tell Kevin Crowther, I lost my break. So they'd still pay me. Uh, I would just, oh, I lost my break. <laughs> so every race you'd be like, let me guess you lost your brakes. I'm like, yeah, I had these damn brakes, man. I don't lose them in the production race, but every super twins race, I lose the break. <laughs> But I will say leading into Sacramento um, with the way the track was in 2020, we were, I was very willing and excited about getting in that challenge and seeing what we could do. And then uh, the track was just not good. I, I couldn't get off the, yeah, they shortened our main event in production twins last year and I couldn't get yeah. off the track soon enough. I hated it. So hoping the track's better because when that track's good, it is fun. I mean, yeah. In 2021 there, I was literally barely shutting off the gas. That bike works so good. It was the best that bikes ever felt that I rode that G and G Yamaha. Mm -hmm. It was, it was so, so freaking good. Um, so yeah. hoping the track's good at SAC. Um, do you, does that bike have a, a, like a mile package versus like other type packages? Cause I'm thinking about with like Colby, uh, turning right around from a short track to a mile, uh, G and G probably have their work cut out for them this week. Trying to, if you know, you guys, uh, they have bikes depth, ready. So. Yeah. They have okay. like two mile bikes and a couple like half mile short track TT package is pretty much the same. Uh, we run a, a 700 CC package or I did, I don't know exactly what they run, probably similar, but we ran those on everything that was a non mile. And honestly, uh, the first year we were on, we had the team, I won the championship. We rode the 750 CC everywhere. And then the first half of 2020, we had the same package and we honestly were struggling a little bit. Uh, one of the most underrated things the team ever did for me was put together that 700 CC package for me. Uh, I think if you look at the results, you can tell where in the season we brought that package out and it was very uncommon that we'd finish off the podium with that package. So the, the miles package is the bikes really fast. It's just uh, sometimes it's really hard to get grip uh, on that bike if it starts to get skittery or, you know, you know, different things like that. But yeah, he'll either like it or he'll struggle a little bit with it. I'm actually really anxious to see and get hit if I could ask him his thoughts on on that bike. But if it's anywhere where, where it was like in 2021, he's going to be he's going to be good, really good on that thing because it's a great bike. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of insight there on that but awesome. uh, only thing else man i have is i wanted to talk about because i got i got i i try to scroll through and not comment as much as i can but uh <laughs> sometimes i'll just get i'll just say fuck it um and comment uh it was the meese whining on the podium thing and i just going to go on a little rant where I feel, oh, I don't, I know the fans need to do better. Like he was not that bad in what he said on the podium. And oh, he only complains when he wins or when he loses, when he wins. Bullshit. 
last year at Rapid City when it was raining, <laughs> he won his heat race and he was pissed after winning the yeah. heat race. And even Dallas, like when Dallas won his heat race uh, over the weekend, he was still critical of his riding and he said he can do better. And, you know, I was the same way, like, and I, I heard through the grapevine that it, it rubbed a certain team the wrong way when I was talking with them that they said I would complain after I would win. I was like, no, I'm not complaining. It's just, you know, you always feel like you can do better that mindset. And, and for Jared to speak his mind, we need more of that. The fans should appreciate that rather than hammer the guy, because not only that you have these younger riders who they don't want to be talked about on the stupid fucking message boards by these fans (laughs) who have no idea that, it's a good thing for the sport for the riders to go yes. to bat and speak up on things and them hammering. And I'm not even like, I mean, Jared are cool, but you know, I obviously root for Briar more, you know, he's my brother-in-law, but I'm also going really? to go to bat for like the riders in general. I'm always going to go to bat for the riders. I don't care who they are. If I feel the fans are being unreasonable I'm always going to be the guy that's going to stand up and go to bat for the fan. I mean, for the riders to the fans, um, you know, and I was just throwing, I could have been on, on there all day and just throwing. it um, <laughs> Somebody said something and I'm like, well, that's false. You know, well, that's false. It's like, dude, it's, it's crazy to me. Um, that no, it, I, I agree. It really bothers the fans. I don't get it. I, and when I got into the sport of the flat sport of flat track, um, one of the first things that I remember is like, is Henry Wiles's personality and being like, that guy just not give a fuck. Like, that's awesome. Like whether or not, you know, I'm a, a fan of his writing and, and anything like that, I've got to give him props. Like I would rather writers get up onto the podium and just speak their mind and just like open up, like, and fans need to realize that's, what's going to make the sport grow. You look at other forms of motorsports that have like, started to grow over the last number of years. And it's when they opened the door for their riders to like be humans and, and, you know, market that. So it's it's like they want one thing, but then they complain about the residual side effects of what they want. So yeah, just like, and I know it's also the personality of the general, like if you had to put a prototype of like the American flat track fan is to not be like that, but for the betterment of the sport is like, you know, we need riders getting spicy. We need, you know, warnings given to Sammy. We need JD and um, Jared grabbing helmets. We need Henry like calling people out about, you know, shitty lights at the Springfield short track. Like we, we need all that stuff. So don't, yeah. Riders that are coming up, like, please, you know, be yourself on the podium. So. Yeah. And you're not going to please please these fans you could do everything right i mean i i give these examples a lot but ryan dungy one of the nicest guys never did anything wrong hardly and people hated him because he was just boring and like tim tebow (laughs) one of the nicest you know football players ever and people hated him because he was too nice you know you're always going to draw criticism if you're winning if you're in the spotlight and you just can't can't worry about that stuff. Like be it's like I said, you got to do your thing and uh, it helps grow the sport personalities and good racing is what grows the sport uh, more than anything. And it's, you know, I would say good racetracks, you know, and personality grows the sport. So 
Yeah. Like the yeah. Sammy, like the videos and, you know, and Henry and I've, you know, me and Henry, we're not, we're not best friends. I, but I do really, I, I love that. love his value to the sport, like coming in and yeah. a little arrogant and, you know, oh yeah, I'm going to, you know, smoke these guys. He was not scared to say it. And I miss that yeah. dude. And I, you know, <laughs> we need more of it guys like suck it up and, and tell them how you feel. Like it's, it's something we need more of, but the fans, you guys need to do better. I mean, don't, it's cool to talk about that stuff, but don't like hammer the people. And then the one comment was crazy. And it's definitely a misconception was why were racetracks so much better back in the day? I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Ah. Like racetracks <laughs> were worse back in the day. Like you go, they would literally cancel races because the tracks were too rough. I mean, uh, some of the racetracks I raced early on in my pro career, and this is like early middle two two thousands, they were horrific. I mean, you go back and watch some of the footages from 80s, 90s, the tracks sucked. Um, and the riders, some of the times, they would just refuse the race. I mean, there was a time, I think in 92 or 93, when Parker Carr and I think Moorhead, they just like refused to ride. And like Pegram went out and won the yeah. race. I forget what track it was. I should know this. Um, Sabedra or Scotty, right? You know, they would know for sure. Um, but yeah, it's that comment. I'm like, what? Like, what? Tracks are awful. We just didn't have social media or live streaming to to highlight it. Fans just talked about it and you know, maybe in cycle news and that was it. So um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a rant there, but I want to make sure we shout out Moto America. We have Barber Motorsports Park, May 19th to 21st. Barber Motorcycle Museum. I heard it's amazing. I've never been to Barber, so it's my first time. I'm looking forward to it. Over 1,400 motorcycles at that museum. As far as the racing goes, Superbike has been unreal this year. I've been people that aren't fans of Moto America or road racing, but you like cool shit. Watch the Superbike race from Road Atlanta. It's just a really good, crazy final lap race. And we're expecting a lot more of that. So if you're not, if you're a flat track fan, you haven't tuned into Moto America, now's the time to do it. Super Sport, Stock 1000, Junior Cup, Twins Cup, and we have our second weekend of Mini Cup. I'll be out of Barber. I'm excited. If you can't be there, check out the Moto America Live Plus package. Want to make sure we shout out the number one supporter, honestly, of this podcast since day one. It's Jerry Stinchfield, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, commercial industrial roofing company with nearly 40 years of experience. We appreciate everything Jerry does for the riders, for the sport events. He donates to our dash for caches every year at winter throwdown. He just keeps the sport going and does so much under the radar behind the scenes for the riders and the, the events and the, everything. It's, we really appreciate Jerry. I want to give a shout out to manscape clean shave, baby. It's the way to go. It's, it's not a hustler magazine from the nineties. Clean shave is the way to go male and female. It's better for lap times it's just cooler. Just shave up 20% off and free shipping worldwide with the code tankslap20. Uh, yeah, that's a, it's a wrappy on the, what I have, man. Anything else on your end for, we yeah. call this a day. I mean, this was a good one, an hour and a half, a little bit more than yeah. again, than we wanted, but not bad, not bad. No. Um, I thought it was going to be a long one. So, uh, no, it's good. Um, and yeah, the last, bit of advice for anybody that uh, is still listening is when we talk about, you know, showing personality and, and, you know, not giving a fuck is, is I had a, I had a Sergeant tell me once when I was in the military, Hartley, you only get kicked in the ass if you're out front. So stop worrying. So that what that translated to is, is, Hey, you're, if you're out front, 
that's when people can kick you. So it's, there's good and bad with it, right? So you, you're a professional athlete. You're putting, you know, all that out there. People are going to take shots. Just ignore them. Do what you got to do. Show that personality and have some fun. That's a good way to end this one. Appreciate all the fans for supporting yeah. what we got, for leaving comments on our social pages, sharing it. There's an option now on Spotify. You can tell tell us what you thought of the episode. Uh, we'll take some constructive criticism. Usually we get, oh, you guys curse too much or, or the audio <laughs> needs to be better, but we're not in studio doing these. It'd be impossible. But yeah, we like to hear from you guys. The support is appreciated. Subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. We don't post, we post when the, the podcasts, like we post on social media, so-and-so is posted, but usually they drop on the platforms way sooner. I mean, sometimes it's a day before I have time to throw a post up. So for first dibs on these pods, go subscribe, subscribe on our platforms. It definitely helps when we go to sponsors to get support, to pay the editor, pay the, you know, the the fees for uh, hosting and all that. It definitely, it all helps us out guys. So appreciate it until next time, Eric, we out.